Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Um, hello. And Garrett Price. How's it going? That's going pretty good. Coming off of, you know, a big weekend, had a big guys weekend. We did get together. Yeah, a little nice little twelve hour smash fest. I wasn't uh, I wasn't there for all twelve of it, and Garrett wasn't there for any of it. So not invited. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Garrett. I'm just concerned concerned about the smash fest. Oh, we were <laughs> hey, we were smashing. <laughs> all right. Alcoholic beverages. Got it. Um <laughs> does that mean something else that I'm on? I I have no idea what, what a twelve guy? hour smash fest with a bunch of guys means. Okay. Well, well, I don't know, well, but you got a you got a pussy fun around the pro the the, the I'm the, just saying the topic. I I don't know what that means, but I didn't feel great about it. Oh. Yeah, all right. I felt great. Pervy <laughs> McGurvy. Rich, uh, Rich did feel great. I was out of here. I was like, well, right, you guys are starting to feel a little bit too great. I'm out. <laughs> he, felt, he felt so great. He texted me at one point. He's like, hey. Can you make this pick for me? <laughs> he had me picking picks for him too. <laughs> I yeah. was in no, I was in no. Oh, that's my redraft. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm in the middle of a dynasty draft, yep. right? Uh, uh, the dynasty nerds invitational. You know, you know, uh, all the big names are in it. You know, Ryan McDowell, Kyle Yates, Connor Rogers. Yep. You know, Evan Rich Silva, Dotson, Evan Silva, Danny Kelly, Danny Kelly, Graham Barfield. Yeah, big names. So we're in the middle of that draft, and I was up in the third round. I was like, Garrett, I can't pick. <laughs> like I can't look at my phone and then I had a redraft league that mm-hmm. night at seven 30 and by the time seven 30 rolled around, I didn't even know who my, what my name was. And I told Matt, I was like, I don't know what's going on here. Yep. Uh, you need help me. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Thankfully I was of sound mind. I could help him still. <laughs> but able, I, I, the next day I looked at my team and it was still, it's still pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I was happy with it. Yeah. So, well, I mean, you had good people talking to you, talking you through it. That's right. Uh, That's what we're here for. I do my best. Gary, you may Help me with one pick. You it was a Brown. great pick. It was OBJ. Thank you so you much. You After get to pair him Baker. up with Baker in the fourth. Actually, you got him in the fourth. Who did I take in the third? I don't know. You're probably drunk for that. No, I, take, <laughs> I take Odell Beckham. No, in the third. No, you got you got OBJ in the fourth. No, I didn't. let me see. Let me see. I took Michael Thomas first. I bet you seventeen dollars. Baker exactly. Mayfield in the second. Such a random amount to yeah. bet somebody. So and like I it. took um, Odell Beckham in the third. You. Took. Odell Beckham in the third. Let's no, just go straight you took to Austin source. Eckler in the third. There you I go. told you I took Austin Eckler in the third. <laughs> and I came back and took OBJ in the fourth. That was a go. great pick. Great value. Hey, right great there. job. Uh, so today we are talking wide receiver ones and tight end ones. Our predictions for the year. Who is going to be number one? Now, even making these lists, it goes to show you how hard it is to be a tight end one. Well, not it's not hard, hard to be a tight end one. This year, I'm telling you, I had it's harder, a lot harder. Uh, there's some names I omitted that I did not want to omit. I mean, I had to omit Leonard Fournette. It was crazy. I, you couldn't put him in there. I could. I could not. I, I mean, it was so cl- I had him penciled in. Some people are like, who? Why? Why? Would you have the people haven't that haven't heard those random podcasts where we talk about him being in every position. And then the wide receiver <laughs> ones, obviously super tough as well. Yes. So we're going to talk about those on the nerd episode today. There's so many news and notes going around the league that we felt we're just going to do the whole sh- nerd herd show breaking down the news and the notes of the NFL this past week of training camp and how it affects your dynasty team. So there's a lot to talk about there. So we can't just do it in a small news section like, ooh, AJ Green tweets his hammy. Jalen Hurd out with an ACL. What does that do to your dynasty team? Well, we're going to talk about it on the next show. Nerd Herd edition. Before we get into all this, though, a word from our sponsors. DynastyOwner.com. That's right. DynastyOwner.com gives you a new opportunity to play Dynasty Fantasy Football. We got an expert league starting up here soon with our friend uh, Garrett over here, right? Yep. Yep. There's a, a, lot of, a lot of cool guys in it, so it should be fun. Yeah. Tyler Gunther, Dynasty mm-hmm. Rewind guys, yep. Kyle Yates, a lot of guys in that league. So yep, good absolutely. luck with that. But Dynasty Owner, if you want to see what Garrett's going to be doing on Monday, uh, drafting, it gives you an opportunity to be the NFL GM, the NFL owner, the NFL head coach, the NFL manager, and the NFL water boy. Who does not like a good water boy? That's a good point. You can do it. Bobby Boucher. So what it does is you get to draft a team using an actual NFL salary cap with actual NFL salaries. How do you manage your budget and how do you manage your cap? Where is the value? Do you want to spend $50 million a year on Pat Mahomes? Probably not. Do you want to spend eight bucks on a rookie running back? 
Probably. Mm -hmm. So where does the strategy lie? Where can you build this ultimate dynasty fantasy football team using actual NFL salaries? Well, there's one way to find out, and that's getting the dynastyowner.com. Go to dynastyowner.com backslash nerd so you can draft a team. They have a fantastic mock draft tool, so you can actually play around with that first before you dive in to see what kind of team you're going to do. It's recommended. It's a very very nice mock draft machine. So get on there today. DynastyOwner.com backslash nerds. Again, that's DynastyOwner.com backslash nerds. Check them out. Dynasty Owner. We're always looking for new ways to play Dynasty Fantasy Football, and Dynasty Owner's got a new one. They've got really good prizes like Chase for the Ring, yearly prizes, weekly prizes. They've got a lot going on over there at DynastyOwner.com, and all we ask you to do is go over there and check them out. A lot of our listeners have been signing up for them, and I've been seeing a lot more tweets lately about some trades that have been going on over Dynasty Owner. How do you get involved with that? Go there today, dynastyowner.com backslash nerds. So guys, get in here. Let's take a look. Let's take, First, let's take a step back, right? Weeks 1 through 17 last year in PPR. All these leagues we're going to be talking about in rankings are going to be in PPR. Let's take a look and look back in time. And who were the wide receiver ones of 2019? Well, number one, Michael Thomas. Number two, Chris Godwin. Number three, Julio Jones. Number four, Cooper Cup. Number five, DeAndre Hopkins. Number six, Keenan Allen. Number seven, Julian Edelman. Number eight, Allen Robinson. Number nine, Kenny Galladay. Number 10, Amari Cooper. Number 11, Devontae Parker. And number 12, Jarvis Landry. Those were your wide receiver ones last year. And we mentioned before the show, we talk about this all the time of acquiring wide receiver twos and wide receiver ones, like how valuable those guys are. There's only 12 of them. We say it all the time. Oh, he's a wide receiver one. People are like, oh, this guy's a wide receiver one. Like, buddy, there's only 12 of them. You know, I didn't mention last year, even guys that were someone hurt. We didn't mention Mike Evans in this list last year. We didn't mention guys like DJ Moore or, or Devontae Adams was even on this list. Tyree Odell Kill. Beckham, Tyree Kill. They're not even on that list there as well. So we're going to give you our opinion of who we think will be wide receiver one. So and we're going to kind of talk it out as well. Garrett, why don't you start us off and give us your list in order. In order. Of how you view, view the season playing out. And then I'll go and give my list. And okay. then Matt will give his list. And then we'll talk about it. Then we'll move on to tight ends. Garrett, proceed. All right, here we go. Coming in at the top spot, no surprises here. We have Michael Thomas coming in at number one. Number two, Devontae Adams. Number three, I have old man Julio Jones. Number four, DeAndre Hopkins. Number five, Tyreek Hill. Number six, Chris Godwin. And I feel like after six is where things start to, to vary a little bit, get a little bit more interesting. So seven, I have Allen Robinson. Eight, Kenny Galladay. Nine, I have Adam Thielen. Ten, I have DJ Moore. Number 11, maybe a little spicy, maybe not for some people. I don't know. Robert Woods at mm. number 11, and then Odell Beckham Jr. at 12. Okay, Garrett, our lists are pretty similar. It's because we're smart. We are. Yeah, my list is probably a little bit better because I'm probably a little bit smarter. <laughs> I, don't, I, have no, I have nothing to back that up. <laughs> nothing. But here's my list in order. Number right. one, just like you have Michael Thomas, and number two, just like you, I have Devontae Adams. So smart. we're locked in here. Smart. Very smart. Like it, it. Very, very smart. Number three, I have Tyree Kill. Number four, I have Julio Jones. Number five, I have DeAndre Hopkins. So our top five is exactly the same. Yep. At number six, I actually have Adam Thielen at six, however. Ooh. At number seven, Chris Godwin. At number eight, Odell Beckham Jr. At number nine, DJ Moore. That might be a little spicy. Might huh? be. Pour some I haven't water met 10. On it. We're only one spot apart uh, there. That's not not as spicy as yours. Yeah, and I'm single digits. You're double digits over there. <laughs> number 10, Allen Robinson. Number 11, Mike Evans. And number 12, Robert Woods. So that puts a little water on your spicy. Maybe not so we as both spicy. Have mine there, Although, right? but mine's 11, so it's one spot higher. It, it, that is true. Mine that is. is true. So a little spicier. But I have Mike Evans, which might be a little bit I have him. I have him out, which is not as interesting. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll talk, talk about, about it. That Matt, is interesting. Matt, yep. Can we get your... Top 12 wide receivers for the 2020 season. All right. So I also have number one and two the same as you guys. So Mike Thomas, Devontae Adams. I just I just came up with this list just now. So <laughs> <laughs> Can you go back and give me number nine and ten, please? <laughs> 
as you guys were talking, I was making this list. Um, uh, number three, Chris, uh, Chris Godwin. Number four, DeAndre Hopkins. Number five, Julio Jones. Number six, Tyreek Hill, because I couldn't put him any lower than that. Um, number <laughs> seven, Cooper Cup. Number eight, Mike Evans. Number nine, Allen Robinson. Ten, Kenny Galladay. I, I managed to keep him in as a, as a wide receiver one. Number 11, Amari Cooper. And then number 12, mine and everyone else's favorite, Mike Williams. <laughs> Dude, just call him. Just call Matt Puff Daddy because you can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop, can't won't, stop, stop. won't stop. So our lists, all of our lists are pretty close here, right? Like sure. you both have Kenny. Especially top half. You both have Kenny Galladay. I don't, which is this is guy who averaged 15.5 points per year last year. End up as wide receiver nine. I have him right on the outside. There's a couple guys in here that I felt I just I want to get in there as wide receiver ones. I, I look at Kenny Galladay as a guy who will probably take a little bit of a step back with TJ Hawkinson taking a step forward this year. Open up the, the the game with DeAndre Swift in the passing game as well, and with a healthy Marvin Jones, I think that just takes a little just enough from away from Mark, Kenny Galladay to put him right around wide receiver 13, but, 14 for but, me. But what about the hopefully potential full season of having Matthew Stafford? Because I thought about all that stuff, and then I thought yep. with Stafford in there for a full sixteen games, I think that will be enough to offset that and be able to keep him as a wide receiver one. So that's why I kept him in there. I, I won't argue mm-hmm. the Kenny Galladay. Day. You know, it goes, and it's probably a little bit biased in there because Kenny Galladay, for some reason, is just one guy, even though he you looks great. Him. I just can't get behind him. But he's a fantastic receiver. This is not, there's not, there's nothing there that I can't put my finger on it. You know what I mean? Just, it doesn't sit well with me. But I have him as like wide receiver 13, 14, which is still really good. But there's guys here, like, there's guys like Terry McLaurin I wanted mm-hmm. to try and get in oh, here that I love we, a lot. We were talking before the show, and all three of us wanted to get him in, but none of us could could manage it. Tyler Lockett is somebody I could easily see signing this list. These are guys that we don't, none of us have on here. Tyler Lockett, right. I could see sliding in here. Um, anything happens to OBJ, Jarvis Landry, another easily candidate who was a wide receiver one last year can slide into this role. Um, DJ Shark is somebody who could potentially be in there, but now with Gardner Minshew. I was surprised there. you didn't have him in, honestly. You know that I wanted to, and I just I just couldn't find anybody to to take off and I, I wanted to make sure to get Mike Williams in <laughs> so I couldn't get I both get of them in. So yeah, two, I got Mike Williams. Two more guys that uh, none of us had in that I think are probably pretty close are Juju and Keenan Allen. Both have been wide receiver ones in the past. Very possible. I think Calvin Ridley um, with how much they're going to probably run the, throw the football out there in Atlanta that he could be kind of flirt with that as well. Um, Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs is another potential candidate. If fully healthy, we have a guy like AJ Green potentially. I just think with the rookie quarterback out there, it's a little bit less likely. Um, AJ Brown for the Titans, another potential wide receiver, one candidate out there. I just didn't see the volume there, um, it, you know, with the passing game to get him all the way up to the wide receiver one. I I, I think he's going to be high end wide Agreed. receiver two, and in the future, he's definitely going to break through that ceiling and get into the wide receiver one. I just don't think it's going to be. And that, and that takes precedent here with some of these guys as well. Even a guy um, in there like um, Cortland Sutton. Right. You know, like I wanted to get him in as well, um, another guy. But then, then there's just so many miles to feed there that it, that it was hard for me to, to bump him up any more than he already was. Also, so looking here at Adam, Fe- I had Adam feeling at six. Okay, um, I had him a little bit higher than all of you guys. I have him here just because there's not many other options. You have Ola B. C. Johnson, you have the rookie Justin Jefferson, we have Irv Smith Jr. I know they're going to run the ball too, but Adam Thielen has been a high end wide receiver one before, and now that he is healthy. Coming in last year, he was wide receiver 64, average 11.4 points per game. And oh, that no, that's not right because that was that he's the only one I have a standard score here for. But to me, just Adam Thielen, we were just talking about volume there, Matt. Like Adam Thielen's gonna see a heavy dose of Kirk Cousins and volume, 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 where there's not really anybody on this offense that Kirk Cousins has a really good rapport with right now, except for Adam Thielen. So he will be locked in kind of like. The same reason we're all going to argue why or anybody's going to argue why Devontae Adams is wide receiver number two on a year, you could almost make the same argument for an Adam Thielen who plays in a dome. So to me, it just comes down to how many targets he's going to see and how much of a good, how good of a route runner he is that to me at six, I could actually see him finishing higher than six. Sure. Uh, but six was as low as I was willing to go. I haven't had of Chris Godwin even because I think Tom Brady will spread the ball around a little bit more out there in Tampa Bay. Um, I do think they're going to throw the ball a ton, a ton, but with the addition of Rob, Rob Gronkowski, OJ Howard, hopefully playing another uh, role in there and how they'll utilize a slot receiver, whoever it's going to be, you know, if it's Scotty Miller, if it's, you know, Justin Watson along those lines. So I think for me at six, I have him higher than most of you guys, Adam Thielen. Do you guys have him in the bottom end of your 
First, where do you have him? Gary? I had him at nine. I don't think Matt had him in. He wasn't in. So yeah. you don't have him in mm-hmm. at all. You don't see him as a wide receiver one. I, I think he'll be right on the outside uh, uh-huh. looking in. I, you know, I think they are going to get Irv Smith involved a lot more, and and the rookie I think is going to surprise some people. Wait, you like Justin Jefferson? I do. So yeah, I, th- huh. I think I think I think I don't think it's going to be like a hundred. I mean, I saw somebody say that he's going to catch one hundred and one balls today, which Oof. which is like makes me seem like you know. Not so much of a fanboy compared to, compared to that person. <laughs> that so. would be uh, that would be impressive, especially considering they only have 110 vacated targets. It's a pretty high catch percentage, right? And, I mean, <laughs> Gary Kubiak would really have to change the offense quite yep. a bit in order for that to happen. So I don't see that happening, but I, I just think he's right on the outside, kind of looking in. Yeah, Fire. for for me, the reason I still have him in, and um, you know, I actually have no problem with you having him up at six. I could I could easily see, you know, Godwin, Robinson, Galladay; those are the three guys ahead of him. I think they're all kind of in a very similar tier uh, as far as uh, ability and opportunity. But uh, as far as he goes, he was a wide receiver one in, in 2017. He was a wide receiver one in 2018. And the first part of the year when he was healthy, he was a wide receiver one with Minnesota. It wasn't until he came back and was you know injured sort of and then came back and then injured again. That was the only time in the past three years that he really wasn't a wide receiver one. And now we have less targets going to a guy like Stefan Diggs. We expect the combination of Irv Smith and Justin Jefferson to cover that gap. But I still think Adam Thielen is going to have the same amount of targets he's had in the past if not a hair more. The the one thing I, I think that we haven't touched on is is the fact that there isn't a Stephon Diggs on the opposite side right now drawing some coverage. Sure. It is going to be a little bit easier for these defensive um head, you know, defensive uh, coordinators to just kind of double cover him or bracket cover him um and or in order to you know, push it to these other unproven uh sort of uh, guys. So. Yeah, that's definitely a very fair point. But I he's such a savvy route runner where I think that's where the difference is going to be coming into for a guy like Adam Thielen. Uh, you know, targets, targets, targets. Just like a running back likes – we like a running back that just gets carries. Same thing with a receiver. Who's getting a ton of targets? A guy like Devontae Adams is going to see a ton of targets. Mm-hmm. The, the interesting thing will be when he was the most productive, uh, he was running mainly out of the slot. And that'll be the really interesting part about him and Justin Jefferson because Justin Jefferson also had his most successful season at LSU out of the slot. But this is a team that is probably going to have very few opportunities for there to even be a slot receiver on the field because I anticipate them running a lot of 12 personnel. So all of this is going to be very interesting to see what the personnel groupings end up looking like, how much they run 12 versus, you know, some three wide receiver sets and stuff like that. I'm I'm very curious as to how all of that is going to shake out. I, I still think that's their best formation, the the, the twelve mm-hmm. formation. But they're even you know early reports out of training camp have have Irv Smith lining up on the outside, which would obviously push one of those two guys to the inside. I mean, I think obviously Justin Jefferson ran mostly out of the slot last year, and that's mm-hmm. where he was most successful. But he's not like completely foreign to it. He, sure, he, he ran on the outside before, so I think. I think depending on the play and you know the route concepts, I, I think we could see Adam Thielen or Justin Jefferson on the inside with you know uh, with Irv Smith running on the outside there. Yeah. Did either of you guys? I had Odell Beckham at number eight. Did you, Matt? You, you didn't say OBJ, right? Nope. And Garrett, you didn't say OBJ. I did. I have him at twelve. Though. Twelve. Okay, so you have him right at the end of wide receiver one. Matt, you have him out. Matt, let's start with OBJ. Not a wide receiver one for this year. Why? I just think uh, I think him and Jarvis are going to cannibalize each other just a little bit too much to keep them kind of both in that wide receiver two area, um, personally. Uh, and if if Kevin Stefanski stays true to what he was in Minnesota, um, I just don't. I'm not sure that they're, they're going to be they're going to be running the heck out of the ball. I'm not sure it's going to be as pass happy as everyone thinks. Even with all these weapons, they're going to have to get these two tight ends involved as well. I just think both those guys are going to take a slight little bump. I, I think they're going to be high end. Both of them are going to be high end wide receiver twos, uh, high to mid uh, range wide receiver twos. I just don't think they're going to be wide receiver ones either. Yeah, early so far in camp right now, they've been tight end heavy to Austin Hooper here. Lots of play action to Austin, Austin Hooper here. A lot of rollout switches, what Stefanski does, roll left, mm-hmm. roll right, right. All this is very strong for uh, – Baker strong suits is him rolling out preferably to the left or right mm-hmm. or one or the other. But for me, you <laughs> just know, don't roll out backwards, man. <laughs> I think, I think Odell Beckham for me, the reason I have him here at eight is he does fit the fancy's offense. Still we've, we've seen, like you mentioned before, wide receiver one, wide receiver one was Stefanski and Stefan or with Thielen 
and Stephon Diggs. His offense has shown, even though it's a run-heavy offense, that he could produce high-end talent. And where OBJ is, this is still see a decent uptick, I think, in targets this year. He had 1,000 yards last year with the hernia. Coming in this year fully healthy, and he he's right. He's all over social media saying this is his year. He's he's going to beast. And Odell Beckham is just one of those uber elite wide receivers. When he gets the ball in his hands, he's electric. He always gets open. And I think this offense will be with Hooper, with Landry, with Chubb. It's going to be hard just to single up on a guy like Odell Beckham. So I think he sees. I think we're. They're going to cannibalize each other on targets. I think Odell Beckham will do a lot more with his targets, and that's going to lead to him being a wide receiver one. I do see about a 90-catch, 1,200-yard, almost double-digit touchdowns year for a guy like Odell Beckham. Could, could you year. also uh, can conversely see it going the wrong way and him losing his cool because it's his year and maybe maybe things don't start off as high? I just I don't know that I love the dynamic of having those two on the same team. I could see that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I could definitely see that. I mean, he's, he's a diva, so yeah. I can easily see that. Um, I just, obviously, you know, count, I, count, I, I don't know. I guess just count me as, like, skeptical that, that, that everything's going to be as rosy as we want it to be in, in Cleveland, as Cleveland fans, just because he just seems like a ticking time bomb to me. Well, help, help me with one thing. Last I heard, Jarvis is, is still pretty banged up, right? Nope. Is he is he good to go? He, he ran today with Pats because it wasn't that Okay, right. yeah. that's good to hear. Um you know, Jarvis because, has never missed a game in his career. Oh, and I didn't anticipate him to, but I, I was curious to see how how far into training camp he he would wouldn't be able to go. He whatever. ran today with Pat. I love it. That's why I love that guy. Yeah, he's 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 a hundred percent gonna be ready to go by the time the season starts. Um, but here here's things about Odell. His first three years, and he he's running in a not very good offense with Eli Manning. And he's getting double-digit touchdowns every year. The percentage of touchdowns uh, versus versus games has always been incredibly, incredibly high until this season. Four touchdowns. My guess is that is going to be a, a, a low point in his career. So even if those normalize to a much more even seven, eight touchdowns, which is not an absurd number at all. That's uh, my minimum for him. Right. All of a sudden, he's right. He's right back in the conversation. As long as he has similar yards and catches to what he did last year, which were were nothing crazy, a, a little bit over a thousand yards and seventy four catches. So he he would be just on the outskirts, just with eight touchdowns and those same receiving numbers before. But he was also a low in uh, catch percentage last year, which I expect Baker's efficiency to go up for him to be a much more efficient quarterback this year with the improvement of the tackles, the improvement of getting to work with a guy that, that that's good with quarterbacks. I expect his efficiency to go up, therefore OBJ's to go up as well. Like I said, it's very close, but I did have enough to get him in as a wide receiver one. But, but I think you're kind of looking at that 10 to 15 range is where we're going to see OBJ this year. Yes, I can see him higher because of the touchdown boost. That's where I was looking at. You know, doing it last year with the 74 catches, 1,000, I think it was like 1,085 yards is what he had. Hurt. And it wasn't even just the injuries as well. It was the offense the Browns ran. Yep. It was absolutely terrible. They did not use the tight end whatsoever. It was not utilized. We're going to be using double tight ends this, this year as well with the inclusion of the rookie Harrison Bryant with Jarvis Landry. I think everything's just going to be it's gonna be really hard to focus in on OBJ, and for me, that alone is just gonna just boost up those touchdown numbers. So I think I'm with you. I'm going back to his touchdown normal, which I looked at. I was like, okay, he had the four last year. Like I'm looking at that seven as a minimum, but I'm looking more towards the double digit touchdowns. And again, that's where all fantasy players get a huge lift, right? That's touchdowns. the touchdown production. So if you can get if you're scoring double-digit touchdowns, you're a number one in your position. It's just going to happen that way. You're getting 60 points right out the gates. So love Odell Beckham. Garrett, who's one of the guys you had a little bit higher on your list? Uh, so I ended up having uh, – we, we talked about Kenny Galladay a little bit already, I think, so I don't think we need to go in too much more on him. Uh, but, but another one that I think you and I both have, but Matt, you do not, is DJ Moore. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Yeah, tentative Teddy. Tenet, yeah, it's not going to get him there, man. I, I'm sorry. Guys. I, I knew, I knew without a doubt that you were not going to put him in there, and so uh, I really didn't even need to ask to confirm it. But, uh, but yeah. So, is it more than just Teddy? Is it? Is there anything to do with DJ Moore? Or is it mostly just to do with Teddy Bridgewater? No, I think it's just a little bit of the unknown situation as to how that whole offense is going to look, um, and and of course Teddy. Yeah, yeah. In, in my opinion, so. 
I just I just don't think he's got enough arm. I don't think he's got enough talent left to to get anyone there. Yes, I think he's I think get out of here. I think that the coaching staff with Matt Rule and Joe Brady are smart enough to know what Teddy Bridgewater's limitations will be. I think DJ Moore is such a savvy route runner and talented talent in his own right coming into your his this is third year third year mm-hmm. his third year which is always another big step last year the, uh for any player came in last year as wide receiver 16 averaged 15.4 point games in 14 games i think if teddy has some limitations i think dj moore's explosive enough over a guy like robbie anderson kirsten was a good deep threat that he's going to be their number one target it's not going to be Anybody else, I think this offense, besides Christian McCaffrey, is going in the passing game is going to flow through DJ Moore. Where I th- I look at I look at DJ Moore seeing a nice uptick with Joe Brady. Like just how, how much you loved Justin Jefferson last year in that offense. That's how I envision DJ Moore. Okay, heavy in the target area, a lot of receptions. You know, none of them like you. you know, we were a lot of people complain about like Justin Jefferson in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Where it just I don't look at this team maybe possibly not a big touchdown number, but Easily, I could see DJ Moore catching 100, 110 footballs this year and getting over a thousand foot yards. So I think he's going to be, I think his 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 dynasty value is going to go up because we're all going to love what he does in this offense. I think Joe Brady is going to be a big, you know, handprint on this offense. Obviously, he's offensive coordinator, right? And we're going to finally see everything's going to flow through DJ Moore. So. If we're looking at them to get one of these really good quarterbacks next year, if the team doesn't get a lot of wins, then DJ more values even and go, you know, what if you pair this guy up with a guy like Justin Fields or a guy like uh, Trevor, Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence or Trey Lance? Trey Lance. I think DJ Moore is a good, good wide receiver. I just don't love him quite as much as you guys do. I just don't think he's going to get there this year. Um, and I think, you know, the additions of Robbie Anderson and, and some of these other guys that weren't on the team last year, I, th- I think it's going to, I mean, he was wide receiver 16 last year. And to me, I, I mean, he didn't have a great situation. I was say, there were some pretty terrible quarterbacks. Yeah, Kyle Allen was absolutely He didn't have a atrocious. great situation. Will I mean, Greer. Yeah. yeah, I mean, his quarterbacks, I mean, he was, that's, and look at that, Matt. He was wide receiver 16. I mean, Allen's balls were nowhere near his receiver. I mean, the guy was absolutely atrocious. Is it not even the right word in the, in, and, the, in the dictionary? And, and Teddy did a good job last year of at least feeding his main guy, which was Michael Thomas in New Orleans. I, and I think he'll do much he the five. same. So that's the thing. I, I look what DJ Moore did with those turd Ferguson's uh-huh. and he still managed to average 15.4 points per game. All right. You and have, was wide receiver 16. You have convinced me that he can be wide receiver 14. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So if you're in a 14 team league, he's, he's a wide, wide receiver, receiver one. one. All yeah, right, you, you, you upticked the offensive coordinator significantly and you upgraded the quarterback significantly where I I'm with, like, I'm not saying out here in Teddy Bridgewater's kicking down doors, but I mean, case Keenum, our backup quarterback is 10 times better than their quarterback situation last year. Tentative, fragile, Teddy. <laughs> <laughs> broke his knee in half just by dropping back. Like this guy is not going to be the answer, man. In practice, he wasn't even hit by anybody. Not a game. <laughs> We're talking about practice. So, you know, it's going to be Will Greer here and there before long. Just, <laughs> just to let you guys know. Matt, uh, give us a guy on your list um, that you feel that, that, well, obviously Mike, so you have Mike Williams on the list. Yeah, I, I mean, I really broke him down last week, so I don't know how much, how much you need me to beat that dead so horse. So tune back in to as if you don't know if this is the first time you listen nobody loves mike like i listen i love mike williams i just i gave him a first round pick in 22 for him recently i got him everywhere but nobody loves justin jefferson and mike williams more than matt matt loves justin jefferson and mike williams as much as i love curtis samuel jarek mckinnon absolutely so <laughs> <laughs> guys on the opposite spectrum but i love yeah. <laughs> i'm a huge mike williams supporter as well um it's just here's the reason my, why matt there's no way i can see him being a wide receiver one this year Wide receiver two, 100%. Still love Mike Williams. It's just going from Tyrod Taylor to Justin Herbert, probably getting his shot. It's going to be really hard for Mike Williams to kind of break in there. I look at him this year and taking another step forward with that, up, that, up, uh, that uptick in touchdowns where he lacked last year. But I look at him as like, Wide receiver 17, wide receiver yeah. 18 this year, wide receiver 19, right around I, that I, range. I put him on here just make to make a point. A point. More yeah, more so more. than anything. I honestly, I could see other guys getting getting in above him. But, you know, he, he made it last year. You know, he, he cracked the 1,000-yard mark. He just his, his touchdowns were so so far down compared to the year before where he went from 10 touchdowns to two. 
but his targets, he only had 90 targets. He did that. He did that on a relatively low amount of targets and, and comparatively, I think, um, Allen, Allen had like 140, 40, almost. something yeah. like that. So I could see that, uh, almost 149. So almost 150. Um, so I could see that disparity kind of, um, starting to lean a little bit towards Mike Williams. They picked up his fifth year option. Um, so you know that they like this guy and, and the fact that he, he's, you know, I, I said last on last week's podcast that he, he had a first down on 41 of his 49 receptions last year. And I also, I also, you know, somebody put together some sort of Twitter montage, but it was actually just like a top 10. It was, it wasn't even somebody retweeted it, but it was like put together by ESPN or something. It was Philip Rivers top 10 plays from last year. And eight of the ten plays oh, Mike were Mike Williams, and they were all like forty-yard bombs. So he's this guy is a huge. I mean, he's like a big play type of guy waiting to happen. He's a fantastic receiver. Needs more touchdowns, more receptions, because it just, just goes to show you the touchdowns. When you when you were saying touchdowns about Odell Beckham, that's all I was thinking in my head. Like, oh, if you get to ten touchdowns, you're automatically in the conversation for a wide receiver one. And I think that is definitely a possibility for Mike Williams. Yeah, because for example, Mike Williams had a thousand yards receiving last year. Wide receiver 41 in PPR leagues. Right. That's what, how good 1,000 yards gets you in PPR leagues if you're not catching a lot of footballs. It's just it's somewhat meaningless. Now, you add double-digit touchdowns to those right there. That gives them 60 more points, puts them right around 221 points. So that's going to put them right around wide receiver 20 overall, which I, is a low-end wide receiver too. So he just needs to see an uptick in receptions. I think Mike Williams does well enough this year to get a contract extension. Um might be even a better deal, but I think Mike Williams' big year is going to be in 2021 with Justin Herbert. Now, neither of you, Matt, you didn't have Mike Evans on your list, and Garrett, you didn't have your Mike Evans on your list. I did. He did. I, I didn't. I, oh, you I didn't. Did. So, Garrett, you didn't have Mike Evans on your list, which is somewhat surprising because <laughs> Mike Evans, when it comes to like when it came down to like average right points mm -hmm. per game, Mike Evans was one, two, three, four, fifth in the league. I mean, he averaged 17.9 points per game. This guy has a thousand yards every year of his career. You bring in a much better quarterback um, than he's ever had there in Tampa Bay. You have a running game that's almost going to be non-existent. Keyshawn Vaughn, I've heard nothing but terrible things about him bad. in camp. It's been bad. Uh, if you could train them at this point, it does not look Keyshawn Vaughn's future is looking very bright out there in Tampa Bay. Sorry if you took him in the first or high in the second. Um, I'm glad we started to slide him down our boards in the back end there. They're relying on Ronald Jones, which if you're relying on Ronald Jones, means you're going to be throwing the ball a ton. Almost exactly what they did last year, where they're going to throw the football a ton. So to me, the reason I have Chris Godwin and Mike Evans in my wide receiver ones is because I see a lot of that same thing they did last year with Bruce Arians offense with a better quarterback. So less interceptions, which would get him more red zone opportunities as well. So we could probably see an uptick in a guy like Mike Evans game. And he did only play in 13 games last year. But for me, I think even having Mike Evans is at 11 is someone like, okay, that's kind of pushing. I could easily see Mike Evans a little get a bump here with a guy like Tom Brady. I had him at eight. Just eight. To, yeah. And that's, we're splitting hairs Absolutely. here, you know, for sure. Any of these wide receivers. So Garrett, what got you out on Mike Evans? To be fair, I have him at 13. So, I mean, he was the one that just missed the cut. Um, it came down to him and OBJ. So here's the difference for me. Tom Brady is obviously a significantly better NFL quarterback. However, he's not a better for fantasy wide receivers. That's one of the things that's wonderful about guys like Jameis Winston, guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick. They'll just YOLO it. They'll just chuck it and let your guy go get it. Whereas Tom Brady's going to make the much smarter decision, the check down play, the throw it out of bounds, the that kind of stuff. He's going to do much better with that. And that's why you know those types of offenses under guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston always have such high uh, volume wide receivers, wide receivers scoring a lot of fantasy points. So I think this offense is a little bit more conservative this year. And you do also, it is even though it does happen from time to time, it's really, really difficult to have two wide receiver ones on the same team. It does not happen very often in the same year. You could have one one year and one the other, but it's it's very hard to do it in the same year. I think Chris Godwin, I think there's a bit of a changing of the guard. I think Chris Godwin is their main wide receiver now, whereas Mike Mike Evans is, is more of their wide receiver too. He is getting a little bit older. He's not quite the same uh, imposing threat that he once was. Still think he's a very good player, real good value. I would definitely take him in redraft, but I, I just have him a little bit lower than others. Mike Evans is 27. Prime, prime time, baby. Prime time. 
But that, uh, but he, he is a little older than Chris Godwin. He is a little older in than Chris Godwin. He's like 23. In your defense. Mike, Mike Evans is just not that physical 24. specimen type. We've talked player. about this before. Yeah. I know. It, it's a shorter before. shelf life he, as he well. Be, he could be Des Bryant real quick. Mm-hmm. Who's trying to make a comeback? Sure. By the way, he's doing his best. He's doing his best. <laughs> Thirty-one. I looked into his stats. Like he was <laughs> last time he was good was like twenty fifteen. Yeah, it was like six years ago or something. <laughs> Who is he? David Johnson. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, er. Yeah. Stop the presses. So one more guy I want to talk about before we get into our tight yeah. ends. We're getting we're a little over the halfway mark here. Is you and I both had Robert Woods in there. Matt, you had Cooper Cup in there. Yeah. So we admitted Cooper Cup and we had Robert Woods in here. Matt, tell us why you kept Cooper Cup in, and then Garrett, tell us why you kept Robert Woods in. Okay. I mean, obviously, I just think it, there's a stronger connection between Cup and, and Jared Goff there, and and I, uh, I mean the the um, he was tight. I mean, he was wide receiver four. I felt bad dropping him all the way to wide receiver seven. To be honest, I don't know how you guys got him all the way out of, of your your top twelve, but 134 targets, 94 receptions for over 1100 yards and 10 touchdowns. So it's not like he's just looking for him in the middle of the field. This guy scores touchdowns as well, and and I don't see that really going away. It's not like they went out and and got some proven guy that would that would pull targets from him and Robert Woods has been there all along. So I, I think um, Cooper cup is, is going to maintain Robert Woods is still a high end option and is very undervalued at his current ADP, but I just like Cooper cup to stay up there. I can see that too. Cause why Robert Woods was wide receiver 14 last year. And I can envision Robert Woods still staying wide receiver 14 and Cooper cup getting a bump up as well. He definitely averaged more points per game. I think he averaged about 16.9 where Robert Woods was only averaging 15.5. But I do think Robert Woods is going to take a big, not a big step. I think Robert Woods is ready to shine this year with no Todd Gurley out there in uh, LA. I think they're going to throw the football a little bit more. So here's the difference for me, because at first I had Cooper cup in as well. But the big thing for me was taking a look at weeks 12 through 17 when they made a big offensive shift where they started going more two tight end sets. And often Cooper Cup was the guy that would line up in the slot. So now he moves to the outside more frequently. So the difference was Robert Wood's targets from that point on were averaging 11.3 targets per game. Cooper Cup, 6.67 almost five more targets per game for Robert Woods when they move from 13 personnel to 12 personnel. Um, and so, or sorry. Yeah, no yeah, 12 personnel. They, they start running more. They wouldn't days. be 13. I don't know. My brain's my brain's I'm having a brain 31. Target. No, cause that'd be three running backs. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It'd be 11 personnel. 11 it would be 11 personnel. 12. There we go. Uh, yeah. 31, 31. Uh, <laughs> they don't even have three running backs. On <laughs> that's that a lot of running backs. Um, so, and, Last year at the end, when, when I said Cup only had 6.67 uh, targets per game, four of those six games there from weeks 12 through 17, he caught 100% of those passes. That is not something that's likely to repeat, and he scored a touchdown in five of those six games. So he was crazy, crazy efficient in those games, and that's something that's really, really hard to replicate Whereas you see all of the volume was on Robert Woodside when they moved to that. So I, I that's why I've made the switch in my rankings. And they're going to, they're going to still switch stick with that 12 personnel this year with the loss of Todd Gurley. Now they have Cam Akers, Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson. They're going to stick with that 12 personnel. They get, they made Tyler Higby a top 10 pay tight end for a reason. They still have Gerald Everett who they're high on as well. Mm -hmm. It's one of uh McVay's first high draft picks here. And Cooper cup is a free agent after this year. If I do believe so as well. So I love Robert Woods as well. He's just somebody who has, who's just a very efficient underrated receiver. I've been saying it for months now, him and Jarvis Landry are the most underrated. That, I mean, that was good. Uh, during that same time, Cooper cup, by the way, was still wide receiver 12. So he was right. He, but was, he was, still, he was he crazy, was, crazy efficient. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I just don't want you to think that he completely fell off the map. No, he still no. put together some nice games and, and, for my buck, I'm going with Cup. It's, it, I, I hear another you. really good route runner, yeah, and a guy absolutely. like Cooper Cup, mm -hmm. and now they're gonna bring in another really good route runner, and a guy like Van Jefferson as well. Is it? He's this, looking good. Yep. Yeah. For so far in camp against the, the wide receiver sixes or cornerback sixes, good stuff. Well, there was a uh, no, there was a uh, thing today about a pass from uh, from Jared Goff. I did see that. Well, we all like Van so. Jefferson. He was he's one of our, he was one of our best bang for your buck draft picks in this draft. Uh, anywhere in the third round, you can get that guy. We're just saying, bang him. You know, like take Van Jefferson. The guy is 
I know what you're thinking. 12 hour banger right there. 12 hour (laughs) banger. Pass me the juice. Uh, So let's get into these tight ends, shall we? But before we do, can we have a word from our sponsor? That is Bud's Butter. Yep, that's right. We're talking about Bud's Butter CBD company, people. Bud's Butter is a family-owned CBD company that specializes in farming, processing, and producing high-quality CBD products at an affordable price. Bud's Butter has been in the CBD industry since 2017. They have a wide variety of CBD products, giving their customers a tastier way to cook and bake with CBD. Tanner and Levi Bud's are brothers, owners, and longtime Dynasty Nerd listeners, and they are running 20% off with free shipping on all orders over $20 with the code NERD. Once again, that is 20% off and free shipping on all orders over $20 with the code NERD. Check out all their products at budsbutter.com. That is B-U-D-Z butter.com. And this is a product that I can attest for. It's a product that I use in my life. It's just one of those things. I'm a very busy person. I own multiple businesses. I'm always on the go. I don't get as much sleep as I need to. And I try to say, you know, be active. So when I'm looking for that little bit of boost of energy and just not to be sore and just be there in the moment and feel really good. You know, this be, you know, sometimes we just, you're in those, mo- those moods where you just feel really good. Oh yeah. Bud's butter helps me get there sooner than I need to be. So mm-hmm. if I'm feeling a little sore, or a little draggy, I add a little bit of that mint CBD oil into my coffee and I'm and combined now with some caffeine and I am rip raring ready to go. Ooh. So for me, Bud's butter has been a great addition into my life personally. It's just one of those things that you should definitely try out. And there is literally a laundry list of things that CBD oil can help you with. And just get online and look at them. And there's a long list of things that I probably don't even realize it's helping me with that it's helping me with. CBD oil is proven to just be something that can really help your life in multiple different ways. From sickness to energy. Anti-inflammatory type of stuff and joint lubrication. Yeah, look at you looking loose over there in joint mm-hmm, D. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and it's not joints. So don't you don't have to worry about that. If you're worried about oh it's CBD cannabis oil, that's not the case at all. There's no THC whatsoever in this bad boy. So check it out, budsbutter.com, B-U-D-Z butter.com, and make sure you use that promo code NERD to get that free shipping and 20% off. That's a discount, son. You're gonna be feeling great, looking great, and have some extra cash in your pocket. Budsbutter.com. All right, moving on to the tight ends. Matt. We'll let you go first this time because Garrett's hogging up all the number ones over there. <clears throat> wow. Hit all me right. with your 12 tight ends that you feel are going to be tight end ones. Um, so last year, should I just go over last year's real fast? Um, Hit me. Last year, number one, tra- uh, Travis Kelsey. Number two, George Kittle. Number three, Darren Waller. Number four, uh, Zach Ertz. Number five, Mark Andrews. Number six, Austin Hooper. Number seven, <laughs> Jared Cook. Number eight, Tyler Higby. Number nine, Hunter Henry. Number 10, Dallas Goddard. Number 11, Jason Witten, number 12, Mike Gesicki. So that list was obviously a little like shoddy. Yeah, by, cra- by the end of that thing. It's crazy. Honey Henry is still able to be a tight end one, like a mid-range tight end one. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. Uh, he only he, played like half the season. He played 12 games, but yeah. Okay, I think a little he, more than I thought. Yeah, but. I think he was dinged in a few of them as well. So, yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll just shoot down my list, I guess, at this point. Um, so my tight end ones for 2020 are Travis Kelsey at one, George Kittle at two. So I think that's probably going to be pretty chalk across the board mm-hmm. for all three of us. Um, Mark Andrews at number three. I see a, a nice little bump coming this year. He's already uncoverable, apparently, Ooh. in practice. Uh, <laughs> number four, Zach Ertz. Number five, Hunter Henry. Uh, I kind of grappled in my head whether or not to put Hunter Henry above Zach Ertz for a shocker, but I did not because Hunter Henry will, will most likely miss a game or two. So, uh, no, And then number six, I think, is going to be my biggest shock, is, is Noah Fant, uh, Ooh, wow. way up there. Shocking. Number Ooh, seven, no, number seven, Austin Hooper. Number eight, Hayden Hurst. Number nine, Dallas Goddard. Number 10, Darren Waller, the guy that I said will most likely fall off this list. I managed to keep on this list. Number 11, Mike Kosicki. And then number 12, Tyler Higby. So I think he's going to maintain, but just barely. Just barely. All right. My top 12. Uh, you're right. Same top two there. Travis Kelsey, George Kittle. Uh, I have Waller the baller all the way up at three. Uh, it's it's just this year. Uh, <laughs> Mark Andrews at four. Zach Ertz at five. Hunter Henry at six. Evan Ingram at seven. 
Tyler Higby at eight, Hayden Hurst at nine, Jack O'Doyle rules at 10, uh, Austin Hooper at 11, and then my really spicy one, got Irv Smith at 12. Oh, my. Nice. Look at you. Look at you. And, I, and I'm going to switch Evan Ingram. I, I, I have him too low. I'm putting him at, at number 12 instead of Tyler Higby. <laughs> oh, know. you didn't have Evan Ingram in? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't have him in. He's Whoops. In. Yeah. yeah. Jason Garrett's OC. He runs yeah. a tight end friendly offense out there. And no really big receivers out there. So it's a, Evan Ingram to me is locked in. That was an oversight. It's a tight end one. By me. It's all good. So yep. Tyler Higby out. Evan Ingram for Matt. Mm-hmm. All right. And my tight end list, uh, number one, Leonard Fournette. Number two, <laughs> number one. I didn't even. I didn't even blink at first. I was like, "Yeah, that makes yeah, sense." That makes sense. Uh, number one, I do have Travis Kelsey. Number two, George Kittle. Need to go there. Number three, like Matt Mark Andrews. Number four, Zach Ertz. So the typical top four right, right there for it's me. Pretty chalky. Uh, number five, I actually have Hayden Hurst at number five. So I have the higher than most of you guys have been saying he's going to be top six along with eight other guys all year. <laughs> uh, but now I had to write it down, which was I, I will say this was really hard for me to do. Number six, Evan Ingram. Number seven, Darren Waller. Number eight, Hunter Henry. Number nine, Tyler Higby. Number 10, Austin Hooper. Number 11, Rob Gronkowski. Ooh. And number 12, Dallas Goddard. Now, I will say, like you mentioned, Jason Witten last year as a tight end one. For right. me, this list, now these guys, people are going to get hurt, so it always changes that way. But we're not, we're looking at full 16 games here. The hardest guy I had to admit was Jack Doyle. And I still don't even feel good about it. I feel like there's somebody here I want to bump out for Jack Doyle because I just think he's going to see too many targets from Phillip Rivers not to be a tight end one there. Definitely with no other big-time receivers that are big besides a guy like Michael Pittman Jr., I mean, could it be a guy like Dallas Goddard, who we all, I think, have on? Do we? Do you have Dallas? I Goddard? actually had him as as one of my just missed guys. Okay, could it be a Dallas Goddard that doesn't make this list that made it last year? Making you know, he only averaged like nine point six, nine point seven points per game. Right. Yeah. So the, he was the guy I wanted to omit for sure because right. again, Zach Ertz are going to utilize him. I was just when you look at that roster, it's just who else are they throwing the football? I mean, obviously Jalen Rager looks great, but like who is going to be their number one locked in target that Carson Wentz has a really good feel with. It's going to be Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. I went through the exact same exercise and I just figured the same exact thing. And the Dallas guy will, will squeak his way in um, based off of just the fact that there's no one else to throw to Deshaun Jackson. Who's new to Carson Wentz. You have Jalen Rager there who I love a lot, but he's still a rookie. JJ Arcega Whiteside, who was, who missed some time last year, didn't really get a place. So he's having a rapport with, Carson Wentz, a really strong running game. So they're probably going to run the 12 personnel still. With, why wouldn't you when you have two weapons like that? Oh, yeah. They had 238 tight end targets in the passing game last year, 50 more than anybody else. Yep. So to me, they're going to run the exact same offense with <laughs> more emphasis on getting the ball to them. And Dallas Goddard is just too talented not to succeed. So for me, I looked at Jack Doyle and Dallas Goddard seeing right around the same amount of targets. And I, was, I just looked at Dallas Goddard being the more efficient weapon here when it comes to fantasy football and this was hard because there's more tight ends i didn't get mike kosicki on there who i could easily see on this list with all these receivers uh, opting out of there so for me looking at this list saying okay i gotta get kosicki out i don't have noah fanton i don't have tj hawkinson in and if it probably wasn't for that foot injury i wouldn't have him in jared cook for new orleans with the addition of Manuel sanders alvin kamara and how they run that offense i couldn't get him in there as well so guys i did i did get rob gronkowski in for me, it's just him and Brady had that rapport. Yeah. And I mentioned before with a guy like Mike Evans, they're not going to be running the ball in Tampa Bay again. They're going to be like the Miami Dolphins, essentially, of last year. Where they're just going to throw the ball habitually. And with that rapport with Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, listen, when Rob Gronkowski is healthy, he's an elite tight end. And he might not be as much after the catch this year, but he still has really good hands. I already saw him in practice already making some good catches here. So, I look at Rob Gronkowski sneaking into that tight end one right ahead of Dallas Goddard. The one guy I had higher than all of you guys is Hayden Hurst at mm-hmm. number five. And I'm still locked into this guy being a top six fantasy football tight end. I will say where we normally see that one through five, one through six as a tier by itself, and then seven through like 15, all really close. I think with all these new tight ends getting here, even guy like Hawkinson and Fant and Gasicki, I think that's going to start to change a little bit. We're going to start a little, a little bit more of those like wide receiver, you know, seven through fifteen, which are all pretty close. So it's not as far off to have a wide receiver thirteen to say. Sure. Um, but for me, Hayden Hurst is just going to be a benefit of the system, mm-hmm. right? Todd Gurley, we don't, we don't know what's going to happen. With Todd Gurley, he's already limping in camp. He's already got knee issues. 
the, what are the else? Brian Hill, Ito Smith. Like, what else are we going to do out here? They're going to run the. They're going to throw the ball a ton, which is probably going to get Calvin Ridley into that wide receiver one category that none of us had in there as well. So he'll probably be a wide receiver one because they're going to throw the ball a ton, a ton here too. And this system schemes towards the tight end. Again, Austin Hooper is not an electric tight end after the catch, but he has really good hands. And supposedly, so does Hayden Hurst. When utilized, his hands are pretty strong, and he's going to catch the football. He's going to be schemed to catch enough footballs for me to get to that elite tight end level, which is number six. We saw what it did to Austin Hooper for the first half of the year last year. He was tight end number one overall for about the first eight games of the season. Until this was, he got hurt. Yeah. yeah, this was not a short stretch whatsoever. So this system shows that their tight end can be an elite tight end just by catching the football and having good hands. And this this isn't something they don't plan on using. They gave up a second-round pick for Hayden Hurst. In today's NFL, if you give up a second-round pick for somebody, that means you're giving up a lot. They, they believe in you, they want to utilize you, and you're a part of the plan. So this, they targeted him, they wanted him in the system to fill in, right in for Austin Hooper. They knew they were losing Austin Hooper, and they had to pay him. Uh, tight end got, got one of the largest tight end contracts in NFL history. Now before George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go out blowing the doors off, <laughs> he was right behind Hunter Henry when it came to money, Austin Hooper until he get into it. So to me, they needed a cheaper option that was going to do the exact same thing. So if, what has Austin Hooper always been tight end six, tight end six. So that's where I see Hayden Hurst falling into that category for me, Matt, you had, um, no offense up at right around six. I did. Um, tell, tell the people why before before I move on to that I, I wanted to touch on the point I like the point that you made of of Hayden Hurst he's he's you know like obviously Austin Hooper is he isn't like the most athletic guy but but Hayden Hurst is actually coming in and he is a more athletic version of this guy he's a little bit bigger as far as height um, than Austin Hooper as well so I could I could definitely see at least um, you know obviously Austin Hooper came in at six and, and where, where did you have him at five 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 I, I don't have him quite that high just because, you know, the 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 familiar the familiar familiar familiarity. Thank you. you got me correcting familiarity. You. What, what strange um, twilight zone is this? <laughs> with Hayden, this the upside down. With Hayden Nurse isn't gonna be there that it was with Austin Hooper, so that's why I had him down at eight. But um I, I definitely think he's a he's a tight end one candidate. Um so let me move on now to my man Noah Fant. And, and really my main reason is, I, I mean, I was looking for somebody that I that I was getting behind that I thought was going to make a big jump in year two um, to kind of put up on this list because, you know, the bottom, the like we were talking before, the bottom of this list was pretty weak. I think I put him up probably a little bit high kind of as shock value. I don't know that he'll settle in at six. He'll, he'll probably be in that eight, eight, nine area. But the upside, I think, is there to be at six. And, and the reason behind that is if you look at the, the numbers that he had in, in year one here, they, they look and, and feel very familiar, and they, they compare very favor, favorably to, to Mark Andrews in his first year. Mark Andrews in his first year had 34 receptions, 552 yards, and three touchdowns on 50 targets. And if, and if you look at Noah Fant's um, um, numbers from last year, it was 40 receptions, 562 yards, three touchdowns on, on a few more targets, 67. So he wasn't quite as um, uh, efficient with his targets. But, um, you know, obviously Mark Andrews last year in his second year was, you know, he was tight end five. He was averaging almost 14 points a game. So obviously there aren't a lot of other options there in the Baltimore offense where there are a lot more options in, in this in this Broncos offense. But I do think this guy is one of these very athletic guys that has a ton of receiving chops and a, and a lot of upside in that area. So I, I was I was able to get him in based off of that. Basically. Yeah, I think Noah Fant's uber athletic. Yep. Definitely wide receiver, not a blocker. The, the thing that I'd even have him here as a tight end one, and I'm, honestly, I'd put a TJ Hawkinson ahead of him, a healthy TJ Hawkinson. I'd put a Jack Doyle probably for fantasy production this year ahead of him, and I'd put Mike Kosicki ahead of him. So I'd have him right around tight end Sounds like 14, uh, 15, 15, right around yeah. there. And the reason being is Noah Fant doesn't have the most secure hands in the NFL. And he did benefit with those over 500 yards passing last year, but they also didn't really have much other receiving options there as well. So he was kind of forced into – that where this year they go out and get a guy like KJ Hamler. They bring in Jerry Judy, who's destroying the secondaries right now. They bring in Melvin Gordon as their running back to help out in the running game as well. So I just think the opportunity for Noah Fant 
isn't going to be much more this year. If anything, it'd probably be about the same where he's going to be around that 500 receiving yards. Maybe gets a little bit bump here. But I could definitely see him taking a step forward here it, with about a 600 receiving yards, 650, maybe flirt with 700. It's just, I don't, I don't see him getting here this year. Um, yeah, I don't think he's there yet for me. Yeah, he wasn't He wasn't a player that had drops as an issue you know, in college. And that's why I go back to I think he could be more efficient even if he doesn't get a huge bump in, in targets. I think he could just be more efficient with the targets that he had. And there's some reports out there, too, that Jake Butt has looked really good in camp so far. Mm-hmm. So sure. remember, Jake Butt, before his uh, ace tore up, his destroyed his knee in the last game of the year, I mean, he was an elite tight end prospect. Six foot five. It was like it was second, second or third ACL, wasn't it? Yeah. So he, he did it twice. But just, I'm just saying, out of reports, out of camp, okay. way too early. Yeah. Is Jake Butt has actually looked very. No offense to starters. The first round pick. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> saying. I'm, I'm not, rolling my eyes over here. You know, but they, they have Albert O with yep. speed. They bring him in. And if Jake Butt. So they're running. If they do decide to bring him. You know, they rotate some tight ends, give him some snaps. That does affect him mildly just mildly okay one more thing is is pat Shermer is always you know he's always like the the tight ends and he's going to be there uh, it's gonna be interesting because so, I, I think they're going to utilize i think they're going to run the ball a ton there mm-hmm. in in denver and they have two really good receivers in judy and Cortland son and philip Lindsay too so it's just it's curious i want to see i'm that is something like i'm watching this year is where fant fits into this offense and how he will be utilized and will he be that tight end one or will he be always right around like Hey, if you're tight end 11, 12, that's still a tight end one. For sure, you have him a six. But to me, like we just mentioned with these other guys, it's not enough to move my needle. Like I can get the, like I can move and go get Jack Doyle for this, for a much cheaper price for that kind of production. I can get Mike Gesicki for way cheaper than a guy like Noah Fant. Does, that, you know, does it make sense? Definitely makes sense. Um, I understand what you're saying, but... None of, I think neither one of the, well, maybe Gasicki, but Jack Doyle doesn't offer the long-term upside that no fan does. So you'd be paying. That's sure. why you'd get him cheap. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? But Gasicki's the guy. I, sure. I, like right now, if you, ooh, that is tough. Who do I want? Gasicki or no fan? That is tough. It is though. That would be tough. They're close. They're very close. Mm-hmm. Garrett, you had one guy in there that kind of blew the doors off that. Yeah. Once you, once you smash us some uh, Irv Smith jr. Yeah. I have Irv Smith jr. Coming in as my tight end. 12 and uh obviously it's definitely a a hotter take uh because they do still have a very good and productive tight end uh there as well with 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 kyle rudolph but there's a few different things that i saw last year productive last year he actually was pretty productive okay he had he had like two or three games where he had multiple touchdowns he was tight end 14 on the year last year uh he averaged 7.1 points per game yep it was pretty bad (laughs) It was a bad year. He had a stretch. He had a stretch. Um, But the thing that I, uh, that I saw with, with Irv Smith is beginning of the year, he really wasn't utilizing the offense at all. Uh, He came in sparingly. And as the year went on, he was utilized more and more and more. Uh, He was uh, more heavily targeted. You saw him start to make some plays. You started to see some of these flashes of what could be. And the thing that was the difference between Irv Smith and, what we saw out of his fellow rookies last year with TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant was he's not this big, uh, crazy physical player, but he's super agile for a tight end. Very, very athletic, much more in that like Jack Doyle borderline H back type guy. And Matt, you mentioned it on the first podcast. One of the things that we're seeing so far is them actually considering, you know, utilizing him as purely as a receiver at times, not just as, you know, an inline blocker and that kind of stuff, splitting him out to the outside, which I think would be a great fit for his skill set because you could still have technically 12 personnel with two tight ends on the field, but you have your three wide receiver sets. So I think it would make a lot of sense and and, and work really well within their, their offense. The thing that is very interesting is with Stefan Diggs departing from the team, that opens up 110 vacated targets or... 25% of their targets, which is which is a significant amount Absolutely. of their targets. The other thing that I want to highlight is, and, and I've been guilty of this too, we keep referring to the Stefanski offense and saying, you know, that they they don't they they love to run the ball. They're probably gonna do a lot of the same, which is more than likely true. However, the season before when Stefanski wasn't there, they were a very pass happy offense. They actually, uh, I, I think they were came in twenty fourth in rush attempts or percentage of rushes. So they were actually on the lower end. 
so we could see a situation where it it normalizes a little bit. Maybe instead of 48% of their plays are rushing attempts, maybe it's 46 or you know something like that. So I, I just don't want to necessarily automatically put them in the Tennessee Titans and the Baltimore Ravens concept of they're only going to run the ball crazy amount and only pass when absolutely necessary. I could see a scenario where Kubiak, who yes, has had a lot of very successful running backs has also had some very, very successful wide receivers and tight ends as well. Um, so all of that said, 110 targets. I do think Justin Jefferson will take a, a decent chunk, but I wouldn't be shocked at all. If not only Irv Smith takes a piece of that pie, but also starts to take away a little bit of Kyle Rudolph because one of the things they were talking last year was they did want to utilize Rudolph as more of a blocker and Irv Smith as more of the receiver. So siphoning a little bit off of Kyle Rudolph, siphoning a little bit off of you know what's left, all of a sudden this could easily be a 75-80 target guy, which would put you right in there around that, that tight end 12. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out. I mean, it's, I, I don't see him passing up Kasicki, uh, but it's just me. I, I mean, I think I'm, I think you made some good points in there. Very good I, points. I think the I think the fact that um, you know prior to last year they were they were passing the ball more, and if you look at if you look at just the team structure and 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 the injuries that occurred last year, their best player was clearly the running back. You know what I mean? You got these. You got a, a tight end that they're that you're trying to um, an older tight end that you're trying to make into more of a blocking asset for the for the future. And you got a young tight end in Irv Smith who's just kind of unproven, and, and his feet probably weren't uh, wet enough there in the offense to kind of get him more involved. And and once Thielen went down for a little bit, it, it's it, you know that made it probably very difficult to pass the ball for them. Exactly. Um, with with just Stephon Diggs out there, you know, he, if he stubs a toe, he can't run around. So <laughs> we all know that. <laughs> and then. Um, you know, so I, I think you're right. You know, obviously Stefanski's not there anymore, so they could have a return to a little bit more of a pass happy um, offense. I, I think that's definitely within the, the realm of possibility. And what, and what helps Irv Smith Jr. too is we got to remember back in Alabama, he's a very versatile player. Mm -hmm. This is a guy who you know, you already guys mentioned earlier in the show that he lined up on the he was lined up on the outside a little bit as well. This is something he did in Alabama. You know, he played halfback, played tight end. We'll line up on the outside too. Love. Love for them to move Justin Jeff give more Justin Jefferson in the slot opportunity, which like you met, mentioned, man, he's most comfortable. So right. that's where you should use a player like him, where he is more more comfortable. So if we, I think that's the ticket, Garrett, for him is if they do utilize him in those three wide receiver sets at times to give him touches, because then Thielen would be double teamed if he can get some looks out there. Any any uptick in catches for a tight end? I mean, once you start getting that seventy five catch range for a tight end, you're a tight end one. Yeah, and that's obviously them getting their three best weapons out there on the field at the same time. You know, it's Justin Jefferson, it's Adam Thielen. How are we going to get Irv Smith out here also? I mean, let's put him on the outside where where that way we can get these other guys that feel a little bit more natural in the slot into the slot where they belong. So, and you utilize Rudolph Ward, he does, you know, as a block and tight end. Absolutely. And Irv Smith on out maybe probably play, playing the Y. Well, it's a formation that gives them a ton of personality, uh, uh, personality um, versatility, and, and they're able to. You guys to, are so funny. You guys are so so funny with your two tight ends <laughs> so much person and you can move them too you can move you know you can move them in motion put them behind so he can block as the halfback you know he can he can play he, fullback yeah absolutely. he's very very yeah. versatile and we saw that at alabama so i can see it i can certainly see it so i like the bold take because it, it's nice to get guys on the radar like that um mm -hmm. it's just for me i see him right around tight end 16 yeah and, and that could that could easily happen this is definitely on the higher end uh -huh. of of the range of outcomes I, I like him a little bit more when he's locked in to that offense like when it's him it, it, the future when, it, when it's him and justin jefferson yeah it's pretty it, you know we're looking two years down the road yeah. road it's gonna be way he's gonna be way more established in that offense it's gonna be him and justin jefferson the, or the receiver they draft next year and, and the good news is we know if an offense commits to it you can have two tight end ones in, in the same offense. We saw it last year out of the Philadelphia Eagles. So, and and I, if anything, I think Irv Smith's the one that would get in the tight end one range, not not Kyle Rudolph. There's a couple. We're gonna start seeing a couple offenses flirt with that. The Browns will flirt with that, flirt with that this year with uh, mm -hmm. Njoku and Austin Hooper. The Rams may Rams. flirt with it a little bit with Gerald Everett and uh, Tyler Higby. So. This is definitely, like we said, the, offense, the NFL is always switching a copycat league. And they, we, we started talking about this last year where teams are just starting to move the 12 personnel because it's been very efficient. And a lot of teams are moving that way. Even the Patriots this year, drafting the two tight ends, they can move a little They're probably running a little bit more 12 personnel. They have the two rookies there, but 
So it's a great way to come out in a balanced set. You know, you, you're not tipping your hand at all. And especially if you can split one of those guys out or bring one of those guys into the um, backfield as a fullback, it's, it just adds a lot of versatility, what you can do and, and keeps the defense on their heels. Can't wait to see it about what? 29 days, something like that. 29 days. We're playing you some corn and, uh, get a little pumped up for the Are season. You ready? Oh, I'm so ready. I just need the Browns to be like the chiefs and say there'd be 22% capacity. So I just go to like two games. <laughs> Just let me in for two. I call my ticket agent. I'm like, dude, I don't care if I could just go to one game. I just want to go. I just want to be there. I just want to be there. And let, listen, if I'm there and there's nobody around me, I've, I'm on I'm on the 10 yard line, row nine. <laughs> you'll, you'll see me. <laughs> you'll see me because I'll be front row. They're blocking out the first eight row. So I'll be front row. You'll know me. I'll wear my dice. No, I won't. <laughs> You're wearing a brown jersey. I'm wearing, I don't, no, I don't wear jerseys games. Really? No. T shirt? Maybe we, maybe we come uh, out with a shirts, spe- jackets, stuff like that. I, I don't wear jerseys. Maybe games. we come out with a special edition orange. Ooh. Dynasty nerds. Ooh. Oh, a Browns orange. <laughs> Matt. That was the best Matt. idea you've ever had. Matt, I like Thank that. you. Thank the, you. <laughs> the, brown, the brown and orange uh-huh. or the brown and uh, white lettering. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or the orange and the orange or orange. Ooh. Remember. Yes, our yeah. orange is or, orange. Or the brown <laughs> shirt with the orange. With nerd. the orange stuff. That could also work. We're going to talk. So many possibilities. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. That's it for this show. We're going to get into our next Nerd Herd episode with uh, talking NFL news and notes. A lot going around. A lot of play- We have a long list here to talk about of players. Who's looking good so far in camp? Who's hurt? Who's not hurt? Uh, to hear that episode, you just got to join the Nerd Herd. It's a simple thing to do for the price of a cup of coffee a month. For the price of one cup of coffee for a month, you get tons of Dynasty Nerds action. All you got to do is go to DynastyNerds.com and see all this great stuff you get. You get the Dynasty Nerds film room. We're getting in there right now. We're uploading a lot of 2020 tape for these 2021 rookies. So if you want to be on top of these rookies, get in the Dynasty Nerds film room. We got the Nerd Score to tell you exactly where these rookies stand in our elite grading system process. You get all of our rankings, which are Superflex, tight end premium, Superflex, tight end just regular Superflex, yep. PPR, standard, Devi rankings, IDP rankings. You get the buy sell tool, and of course, you get the Dynasty GM, which to me is the greatest Dynasty tool on the market today. You want to see where you stand amongst your league. You want to make trades better, quicker. You want a trade calculator. Anything you need to dominate your Dynasty league, it will have it. We have manual imports coming by the time you listen to this podcast. It's no right. No, I think it's this weekend by next week. (laughs) By the time you listen to the next podcast. Yeah. So you'll be able to like, so if you can't, if you don't have sleeper, you don't have flea flicker, you don't use MFL. We're going to be able to have it so you can manually import your leagues on the dynasty GM manually input, not import input your teams. Sorry. That's okay. What? Fabulous. What word can you pronounce? I don't know. Yeah, me neither because it's dumb. <laughs> uh, and, of course, that we have the, the win now rankings coming just as soon right around the corner as well. Not to mention the many updates planned for the tool, which we'll be doing every single month. The Dynasty GM is not only the best tool on the market, but we're going to make sure it's the stays the best tool on the market. We'll be updating it constantly. Many more things to come. All we do is that the worst, here's what you do. Football season is about to start. Join the nerd. Pay the pay the pay the price of a cup of coffee. Check it out. Give it a month. You don't like it? Back out. Yep. No, no, all you did was buy me a cup of coffee or Garrett or Matt. Preferably I, me. I like a lot of coffee. I love coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I love coffee more than Garrett. What? And I love Garrett to death. Yeah. I mean seriously. But if one so had to really go, like coffee. they're on a cliff and I am holding one over the cliff, I had to let one go. <laughs> you are the weakest link. I'm like Garrett. I'm gonna miss you. <laughs> Pour my buds butter in my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Make me feel better about it. Like, I feel great. <laughs> uh, we'll find a new co-host, Matt. Make it work. <laughs> next man up. <laughs> next man up. All right, guys. We're we'll back next week. Everybody, stay safe out there. We're getting closer. Really, really close to football. Can't wait to see it. See you next week. Adios.